0: Hello, and welcome again to another episode of Five Plain Questions, a podcast that proposes five questions to Indigenous artists, creators, musicians, writers, movers and shakers, and culture bearers, people in the community that are doing great things for their communities. I'm Joe Williams, your host for this conversation. I'm director of the Indigenous Art Programs at the Plains Art Museum. My goal is to showcase these amazing people in our Indigenous communities from around the region and country. I want to introduce you to Craig Beaumont Flynn. Cray Beaumont Flynn is a citizen of the Cherokee Nation and Delaware Tribe of Indians, with ancestral ties to the Wyadot, Mohawk, Muskegee Creek, and Chickasaw tribes. He currently serves as Interim Executive Director of the Tulsa Historical Society and Museum, where he has been involved as a board member and recently as Vice President. In addition to his involvement in the arts, Cray runs his own interior design firm, Amatoya, and launched his own furniture collection inspired by his Native American heritage and culture five years ago. In addition, Cray is also host of two podcast shows, one being Beyond the Art, which is dedicated to the Native American art world. It provides a platform for Native American creative visionaries to share their personal stories and journeys. The other podcast, Beyond the Design is focused on the design industry and its various sectors, as Craig calls it, the left side of his brain, fulfilling all aspects of his interests and passions. Before we jump into the podcast, um, I just wanted to give a heads up. There were some technical uh, recording issues uh, on my track, and so if you hear my pitch uh, jump up and down during the the course of this uh, interview, I, I apologize. We really worked through these technical uh, difficulties, and uh, we we did the best we could to get it going. So uh, you're you're going to be hearing some of that. Uh, don't adjust your your devices. Everything is fine uh, on your end. So, but technical issues aside, let's jump into this conversation with Cray Beaumont Flynn. Cray Beaumont Flynn, thank you so much for joining us at Five Plane Questions. It's really great to have you here.
1: Thank you. It's my pleasure. Thank you for asking me.
0: Oh, yeah. No, this is this is great. Uh, would you be able to introduce yourself? Uh, tell us about uh, your background, where you're from, and what it is that you do? Sure. Well, uh, again, like you said, my name is
1: Craig Beaumont Flynn. I'm a registered member of the Cherokee Nation and Delaware Tribe. I'm also Mo- Mohawk and Wyandotte. Um, I do a little bit of everything. I'm going to say a self-described Renaissance man. Um, I'm an interior designer. Uh, I launched my own furniture collection about five years ago and I do two podcasts amongst many other things. (laughs) So I keep myself busy. I don't sit idle.
0: I can appreciate that. Um, the, the need to constantly be, to be doing something. Um, Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, you know, um, you've, you've, uh, mentioned, um, your 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 career creative side and the podcasting side and we uh became affiliated with each other over the summer uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh primarily because of the, the podcast right. and um i i, I really want to dive into both both aspects of this and so uh my first question for you uh is is probably maybe a two-parter based on all that you've done is um who who are your influences on well both sides but in life as in general
1: oh uh, well um I would say my mother. <laughs> um, I, I come. My mother was a single mother. Uh, she raised two boys, and she was constantly busy keeping us active, keeping our brains uh, focused, and always pushed us to do what we wanted to do. There was no barriers to what we could do or achieve. Uh, she was artistic. Um, she was a craft person that did every craft possible and imaginable. Um, and she was very influential in us knowing where our heritage was. And that was an important factor um, that we just didn't say, oh, we're Native American or da, 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 that, you know, we are Cherokee and Delaware. Those are our people and Mohawk and Wyandotte. So it wasn't just a, a blanket, uh, oh, we're Native American. She wanted us to identify who we were and, and taught us some of the cultural elements, which are very important uh, to me and to my brother and our family. And so that was kind of a big influence and just artistically um, to always see things in a wider scope, a broader view and an open eye. I was very fortunate that I've lived on almost every continent except for Antarctica. So at an early age, uh, I got to see a lot of the world on someone else's dime, <laughs> uh, which is kind of hard when you get to adult because then you have to pay for it. Um, so I was very uh, fortunate in that way that I got to see a lot of cultures as well. So that's kind of influenced my direction as a professional, both on the artistic side, but also learning about others and where they come from and their daily lives and how they incorporate their, their heritage into their life.
0: In your, I assume your first profession, um, you know, as, as an architect and as a creator, what pushed you in that direction? What, what was it that inspired you to, to move into that space?
1: Uh, Lego blocks <laughs> uh, <Okay. laughs> I, it's all, I always knew what I wanted to do uh, I always knew I wanted to be an architect And build things and design things um, For quite a while I lived with my grandparents And they'd go away for the day And go to work and come home And I'd rearrange their furniture In their living room and dining room <laughs> And maybe even their bedroom uh, So it's always creating experiential environments uh, Both on the architectural side And interior design side And uh, it just kind of always drove me. I wanted to be a pilot, but I knew I was going to be too tall. So uh, I went on the creative side instead.
0: Okay. Um, As uh, a former military person, uh, I've known some pilots, you know, and there's high restrictions. So I'm just kind of curious, how how tall are you? Uh, I'm a little over 6'2". I'm the short one. (laughs) My younger brother, (laughs) uh, Mike,
1: is, I would say, close to 6'5". Oh, wow. So yeah, I'm the rent in
0: the family. <laughs> <laughs> the small one is six too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about your career. Let's uh, let's talk about um, how that's developed, uh, both in college and post college. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: like I said, I've lived on almost every continent except Antarctica. So, uh, right after high school, um, shortly thereafter, I moved to Europe. Uh, I went to Italy. I went to France and studied architecture and art and design, Um, no place better than that, than uh, to learn that the the traditional elements. uh, And uh, I was just enthralled by it, just the architectural, the history component and how people built things. They weren't just structures, but they were art, pieces of art. Um, And that's kind of influenced me and kind of taking me into that direction that it has to be experiential environment. It's a visual thing. Yes, it's functional, but it has to be appealing. You want people to come into the building, to look around, to see it, and to play a part in their environment, in their location. So uh, living in Paris was a tremendous, tremendous uh, learning experience, as well as Italy. Um, and again, I've hopped around quite a bit, uh, and I just I just loved it, and I wish I stayed there longer. Uh, I've lost the speaking ability I was speaking French and it says, I don't speak it every day anymore. Um, I can get by in Italian a little bit and get by on French, but, uh, conversationally it takes me about a week. So if I could spend a month or two in, uh, back
0: in Italy or France, it'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you went to school out there early on. Um, what was it that brought you back to the States then? Uh,
1: unfortunately my mother was uh, sick at the time and, uh, uh, Almost almost, very, very, very ill, and I didn't know it. I knew before I was going there that she was sick, but she was being treated. And so I came back like in two days, and uh, my life is part of her life. Uh, she's passed on since then, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, we were very, very close. I mean, we're only 17, 18 years apart. So we grew up with each other, and she was my best friend, so... um I came back and, you know, I still go back to Europe occasionally, maybe every two years. But uh, living back in the States, I started working for a huge architectural firm in New York City. Uh, And then I lived in San Francisco. I lived in L.A. I now live in Tulsa. Um, So I've moved around quite a bit and kind of just followed uh, my own path of success. You know, Uh, I always wanted to challenge myself and learn things. So uh, some people may call that opportunistic. Um, but I wanted to absorb as much as I could and learn from the, the professionals and the experts. And so,
0: so the, the, the firm that you worked at, um, was it a, a change for you then when you moved into, uh, you had said, a furniture that you had started creating, uh, differently. How, how did that go about?
1: Um, I was doing a lot of, uh, high-end residential projects and hospitality projects, and so I always had a inkling to take some of my cultural heritage and incorporate it into a piece of furniture uh, because I, I loved learning about my heritage and the way uh, the various tribes would build things and use them as functional tools of objects, but they were also very artistic. And so I looked at furniture the same way. They could be legacy pieces. They could have more than just a chair being a chair. It could have a story to it. And so tying that into my own, uh, cultural heritage, uh, I started to incorporate that little by little as I progressed upward in my career, um, where I could actually do it <laughs> and no one could tell me no. Uh, so I started doing that and creating pieces that were more indicative of, uh, various tribes, Comanche and Cheyenne, Arapaho, Cherokee and Delaware and so on and so forth. And, uh, I always had it in the back of my mind. I wanted to start my own furniture collection, but, uh, I just got too busy with my professional career. I worked for a woman called Kelly Whistler for a while and helped her on some of her collection and pieces, and I just got tired of putting someone else's name on my designs. (laughs) So (laughs) when I moved to Tulsa about five years ago, uh, I thought, well, now's the time. I am in Indian country, uh, and it makes all sense, all the stars aligned, as you could say. So I launched uh, Amatoya then. And Amatoya means uh, rainmaker in Cherokee or man that makes rain. So Mm. that's how that came about.
0: Is there a a piece that you've created that, that sticks with you that really stands out uh, from the others?
1: Oh, Uh, they're all a little unique because again, when I start creating them and designing them in my head before they go from mind to hand, you know, to paper, um, they have a story behind it. So it could be the movement of, uh, the Buffalo or a musical instrument that tribes use, or, you know, the, the webbing of a dream catcher or just the, the openness of the plains, you know, and the wheat fields and the movement of the wheat. Um, so they are a little bit unique. Uh, obviously there's pieces that really resonate. Uh, I have a piece called Suquili Stool, uh Kamama Chair, which is butterfly and Cherokee, and Unasi Bench, which is Buffalo and Cherokee. Those really resonate with the non-native, uh, just because of their form. Um, so I'm proud that uh they've been accepted and have been focused and highlighted both by the native and non native uh, community. And uh I think it, it just they all take I have pride in all of them. They're all my babies. <laughs> so, like a child, I don't have a favorite. I might, but uh, I, I once they kind of give birth, I guess you could say, and they're they're out there. They've been built and uh, fabricated and out for out there for the world to see. I'm still very proud of the accomplishment of of the acceptance and people really reacting to them. Um, mm-hmm. It kind of makes me proud that I've done my part. I've made my my ancestors proud by teaching non-natives our language, but also our story of why certain things are important to us and the history behind that and the stories behind it. I kind of look at myself as a furniture storyteller on the native mm-hmm. side. So uh, continuing the, the educational component and getting the word out and highlighting where we came from, who we are, and where we continue to go. That is how I look at it. So a furniture storyteller.
0: I think that's, that's, that's incredibly special. Uh, You know, so often, you know, artists and filmmakers and musicians, uh, we create pieces um, that are then admired, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that are on a wall or in a space um, that can be appreciated. Uh, Creating furniture, creating an object is an interactive piece that becomes part of the identity of the person who, who then owns it afterwards, you know, who takes it on in a different way than a piece of artwork would, you know, because it, it, it becomes... Literally part of that space,
1: absolutely, and I and they become focal points. And that's I didn't want to just design furniture to sell furniture at any run of the mill market or, or retail. So we're all wholesale. Uh, we work directly with uh, designers and the industry and showrooms. Uh, so we don't sell directly to the public. Um, my design my design firm firm is also called Amatoya. So there's two branches of it. There's the Furniture collection, and then there's the design component where I do actual projects uh, still for the native community, uh, both on the hospitality and gaming side, as well as some residential projects. But um, having that, you know, when I started to launch the furniture collection, I didn't want it to be mass produced. It's all made to order. It's all customized to the client end user specification. But then I want them to be legacy pieces. Um, I want them to outlive me and kind of stand alone. They can be very incorporated into a traditional environment or a contemporary environment or a very modern environment. So um, they kind of have a transitional component to it. Um, But then again, I don't want them to be outdated in 10 years. I want them to be a little bit more, give a little bit more life than than just that.
0: I see. Well, you're... Your designs are beautiful. Oh, well, thank, and, you. And, um, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I've been pouring over them and just, <laughs> just in awe of them. It's, it's, it's really beautiful work. Thank you.
1: I appreciate that.
0: So be, being a storyteller um, yeah, it comes in multiple ways, right? And I wanted to to touch on this because I'm sure the listener is picking up that your audio is fantastic right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so. so so often, um, as I'm sure you get too, most of our guests will use like their their headphones, uh, audio jack, or you know something from their computer. So there's always sort of a a thin sound to a lot of the guests that we have on here. Uh, right. But yeah, your your audio is coming. It sounds like we're in the same room together. Uh, <laughs> so I wanted to talk a little bit about um, your two podcasts and mm-hmm. how did you um, move in, move into this space and and uh, start start telling these stories. Um.
1: After a while, um, when I was doing some research on uh, Native American art and the artists out there and how they're kind of elevating themselves in exposure, um, I started looking at, well, there's no real platform that just is focused on the Native American art world, um, podcasts or TV shows or otherwise. Um, Your show came up and I think maybe two others. Um, that have a broader spectrum of of guests and topics. And I wanted to specifically focus on the Native American art world and the artists. Everything from chefs, culinary, uh, music, uh, the performing arts, obviously uh, pottery, painting, everything in between, you know, uh, the whole wide spectrum. Um, We're at the very high of the ebb and flow, and I think we're going to continue to move forward in our exposure, which is long overdue. And I thought, well, maybe I'll just do a podcast. Add another, add another thing to my list of things to do. Uh <laughs> and so I, I we started it. Uh I work with a producer uh named uh, Jesse. Uh we kind of formatted things and see how how it would work, what the topics would be, would it be very conversational. Um and just reaching out to some of the Native American artists I know personally, would you want to be on the show? Does it sound interesting to you? would you listen? You know? And they said, yes, absolutely. You know, a lot of them go to the markets. Um, our show is both audio and video. So given that it's a visual aspect that they have the opportunity to showcase their artwork, um, we thought, great, let's do it. So we've been on the air for about a year now. Uh, we'll be going into our second year fairly shortly. And the response has been immense. You know, people have, uh, really enjoy the show and the direction we're going and how we're focusing on the native american art world and again the wide spectrum of it of what that uh, encapsulates um so yeah so we started that and that was one side of my brain and the other side of the brain is like well why don't why don't i do a podcast about my day job (laughs) uh and kind of incorporate the design industry um a lot of designers are obviously photographed and they're published, but you never really get to hear their story of who they are. Same with a Native American artist. You never really get to hear their story. You see their paintings, you see their their work, but do you really get to know them? What drives them? What, what makes them a creative visionary in this industry and keeps them going? Um, so both shows are, are very similar in a way, but uh, the focal points are, are different, obviously. So we started uh, Beyond the Art, which is the Native American uh, focused podcast, and then uh, early this year we started Beyond the Design. <laughs> we thought, oh, the name works. Why not? You know, just change it up a little bit. So uh, Beyond the Design has had a huge uh, influx of uh, of uh, again a brain fart. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Beyond the Design has had a huge response to the design community. Um, We've talked to interior designers. We've talked to artists, non-native artists, um, interior designers, um, manufacturers, vendors uh, within the sector. And uh, they've all enjoyed it. Uh, And again, they're like, well, why hasn't anyone else done this? I'm like, I don't know. So uh, again, it gives it a visual component because we're audio and video. So, designers and architects and photographers can all showcase uh their artwork or their their stories and their their creations um but also again, it's about the backstory of who they are, what drives them as a creative visionary in this industry and keeps them going and We've had some fantastic uh guests on that show as well so keeps me busy
0: keep definitely keeps one busy for sure. <laughs> but it's, it's needed and it's appreciated, you know, and, um, you know, as, as another podcaster and having another show, uh, I'm very excited that you're doing this, you know, um, I think, uh, as podcasters, um, our success supports each other.
1: Mm-hmm. And, exactly. Know, um,
0: uh, I can't tell every single story, uh, nor should I. Um, and so it's great that, that other podcasts are out there covering down on areas and telling the same stories too. Uh, we're different mm-hmm. formats, And it's great for for the guests to be able to – or for our guests to be able to tell different versions – not versions of the stories, but different aspects of their stories. Correct. Because our formats are are so different. Yeah, because you're going to get
1: something different each time someone asks you a question. It's not going to be repetitive. And Mm -hmm. I think some of the people that we've had on Beyond the Art have been on other shows, and I think some have actually been on your show. Mm -hmm. And and again – We're very conversational. Um, I try to extract as much as I can when they start telling their story, Um, because again, it's it's the storytelling that's really important to me to hear and to understand. And I think our listeners enjoy that aspect as well. Um, You know, artists have a tendency to be very shy, especially Mm -hmm. Native American artists. Uh, We're not taught to focus on ourselves or give ourselves accolades and exposure were very quiet (laughs) at times um and so i think giving that platform platform to them to tell their story they get caught up in it and they just they go on which is great because that's what they need to do is just go on um and tell us about them as the artists as the creative so yeah i think you know having multiple uh podcasts and shows out there is great because it supports each other um, I don't look at it as competitors. I I think we're supporting community. The more we can tell and the more we can showcase and highlight those individuals, uh, the better for us as a people, both on the Native American side and also on the design side.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, this uh, So for for the listener, it's uh, we're recording this in September of 2023. Uh, next month, I'm going to be in Oklahoma at ATOM. And I'm giving a session to museums on how they can do uh, podcasts uh, for mm-hmm. their small museums. Um, so I'm I'm fully in support of of more storytellers um, finding those individuals who we don't have access to, right. and again approaching uh, guests with their own with their own approach. Um, I think that's that's fantastic.
1: And and them telling their own stories. You know, reading about something in a magazine is very one dimensional. It's very edited down, and it's from one perspective of a journalist or interviewer asking specific questions. When you're, when you're telling the story or there's a story behind that, and it's coming directly from that person, I think it makes it a little bit more substance, um, mm-hmm. and they're telling their story, um, which I think is really engaging and brings forth a lot that you don't get from a very published medium.
0: Oh, absolutely, and just the intimacy of hearing their voice—you mm-hmm. know, listening to them tell their own story—I um, think that's that's one aspect of what we do, which is something really special. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. It's 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 something I never th-
1: <laughs> thought I would start, and then it's kind of led to other things, and then we did another show, and it's
0: like, wow, okay, uh, I'm a podcaster as well. <laughs> Who would have known? So, um, you know, as, as, as opposed to uh, your format, uh, mine is, is just audio. Although, um, you know, we, I, we do record all these with video mm-hmm. and, uh, I, I do encourage We'll put links in the show notes, but for the listener to, to check out your podcast, you have a great set. Uh, I'm Thanks. looking back there, there's, there's, you know, yeah, I, I don't, I, you know, of course it's, it's not my business, about your budget and how you got all set up there. Um, <laughs> I've got. I've got a sound blanket behind me. <laughs> it's it's not uh, it's not um, TV ready, but uh, I, I just I just want to give a shout out to your set design. And, oh and
1: well, the, thank you. Well, it it I I have to give accolades to the show producer of both shows. His name is Jesse. He has a production company called Rant Nine. Shout out! Um, and we're actually in the Tulsa Artists Fellowship Building, and they actually have a podcast studio that they built uh, a couple months ago. And so we used this uh, initially during uh, Beyond the beyond the Art. When we started, we were at Jesse's home, um, which was a good setup, um, but yeah. this is much better because it looks a little bit more professional. <laughs> and we don't hear the cars. We don't hear his cat. Um, <laughs> and it, it, it kind of gives a good backdrop. And then we are able to actually have live guests, our guests come into the studio to interview. We have done some on-site interviews for beyond the design. Um, and then next week we have three guests coming in studio for beyond the art. Okay. So it gives us that opportunity. Um, but it, it's nice to have a, 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 setup. I wouldn't want to do it in my home, but, uh, Hey, you have to be what you have to do. Uh, this is all self-funded, um, both shows. So they both come out of my own pocket. Um, which is fine because I'm enjoying it doing it. I'm enjoying really to get to talk to these people and hear their stories and meet them. And they're just all so motivating and inspiring to me as a professional, but also as a native American, uh, artist in a way, um, to hear their stories. So I would do it no matter what and fund it no matter what it, it would cost. Cause it's been really a learning experience and a, and a, a immense joy on my side. And jo- uh, Jesse has been terrific. Uh, I'm not, that technical savvy so mm. <laughs> if i did this as a one man show uh, i'd probably ne- never get aired uh so <laughs> uh, uh he's been a huge support and uh, advocate and just a tremendous uh buddy to work with so i have to give him the shout out so
0: oh that's great that's great um yeah that's something i aspire to is getting a producer myself uh... <laughs> it helps <laughs> it does
1: help yeah
0: I think it would help with the exhaustion too. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we only could do so much through the day, you know? And uh, yeah, because you have That's a full-time right. job. You you have a, another life outside of this. So uh, as, so, as yeah. we both do and yeah, uh, my calendar is full every single week. I, I wake up sometimes like, oh, I got another interview. And then I get here and I'm, I'm so like jacked up and ready
0: to go. But sometimes it's just, it's really hard. It's like, yeah, why did I yeah. do this? <laughs> the the interviews aren't so aren't so bad they're the joy it's it's the editing sometimes that gets yeah. monotonous yeah especially
1: uh, on the youtube side you know the visual aspect because we have to extract a lot of visuals from the guest to add to the show because it's not just audio so to keep the audience engaged we want to make sure that we have the appropriate visuals to go along with it and Sometimes artists are a little hard to pull
0: <laughs> oh. we're on a timeline
1: we're on a timeline you know this is gonna air in a week, and we still don't have any images, so you are preaching to the choir <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, 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 but we I think we got a rhythm down now, which is really good um we're getting the images two weeks in advance, probably, and the show's still being edited on time um but it was a Hair pulling and, and a lot of gray hairs <laughs> at first. <laughs> hey, <laughs> trial and error—you don't know until you know.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, and the best we can do is give them grace. You know, uh, yeah. as as they as they work through their own timelines too. So let's let's talk about opportunities. Uh, how have those opportunities presented themselves to you? Um, I would say uh, early on in your career and uh, currently right now, how how have those opportunities evolved over time?
1: I've created my own opportunities. Uh, I've always gone after what I've wanted to go after. Uh, my mother taught me that. It was the way I was brought up. You know, don't sit idle and wait for things to come to you. You're going to have to go out, uh, keep going, explore, engage, search. And you, you make your own path to success, you know. It's not laid out for you. No one's going to hand it to you. Uh, I was very fortunate in my upbringing. I was very um, privileged in a lot of ways, um, but I never took that for granted. Because I think traveling as much as I did as a, as a youth, I saw the disparities of the have and have nots. So given that outlook of having things that others didn't, I always knew there was a value behind that. And I didn't expect people to hand me things, um, which I have to congratulate my mother and my grandparents for that, for giving me that uh, that perspective on life. So... I, opportunities, I go after them. I make my own. Um, some things have come to me. Um, and I, you know, I will take risk, risk and challenges. And, uh, I don't say no until I know it's something that makes sense. If it doesn't make sense, then I say no, but, uh, I will always, uh, go after opportunities and new things and test the waters like podcasts, <laughs> you know, uh, and see see what i can make of it you know you don't know until you try it you know experience life experience everything that's given to you or try new things so um i i'm not one to hold back and say uh i can't do it because i can if i take the time and, and really focus on something you can do whatever you want to do uh so i never uh, created my own limitations or my own walls I will jump through the wall. I will (laughs) break down the wall and keep going. And, you know, if it works, it works. But if it doesn't, I don't look at it as a um, failure, but it's just one of those life experiences. You learn something from it, you take a little bit from it. So, Hmm.
0: well, I feel like this is a natural um, transition into that third, uh, into the, the fifth question. And that's what would you want to say to the 18 to 22 year old that is listening to this conversation?
1: Get some sleep, child. (laughs) Um, I would say keep going. Um, Learn as you go. Life is a learning experience. Uh, You're not going to learn everything by going to school. School is important. I think it gives you the basic uh, fundamentals. Um, But life experiences are really going to teach you a lot. And people, engage uh, keep going, explore and search out new experiences. Um, and don't give up, you know, um, cause you never know what tomorrow's going to bring to bring you. So, uh, experience life as much as you can and be honest to yourself, have integrity, um, be true to yourself and to others, respect others, um, Yes, we all come from different backgrounds and different cultures. We speak different languages. We look a little bit different, but by the end of the day, we're all human beings on this little, little pebble and spinning in the universe. So we have to play nicely with each other and respect each other because we're all on it together.
0: Well said. Well said.
1: <laughs> That's off the top of my uh, my head, first thing in the morning. So. <laughs>
0: Well, no, that's, that's, that's so well put. Yeah. It's, we, we have nowhere else to go. Right. I mean, we, we're, we're, yeah, we're in it together.
1: Yeah. We're in it together, you know, yeah. put away your differences because at the end of the day it really doesn't matter. Um, you have to get a lot to learn from it. I always think about lean forward. You know, if someone has an opposing view, lean forward and understand why they're opposing view, you might learn something. You might get a different perspective instead of just shutting down and saying you're wrong. Um, because you're the one that could be wrong and you might learn something, you know, you might gain further knowledge of yourself and the world. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: instead of being so closed off and saying, no, you're wrong. I don't understand. Well, lean, lean in, lean forward and lean in and listen.
0: I think it's, it's, it's important for a young person to, uh, to really accept the fact that they can be wrong from time to time, mm-hmm. you know, and, and to grow from that. And, um, I think there's, it's a sign of, of maybe a healthy mindset to accept the fact that one can be, um, I guess I don't want to say wrong, but you know, they, they have a space to grow from perspectives, mm-hmm. you know?
1: Yeah. Well, I think yeah. a lot now, and I'm not, I don't want to generalize, but a lot of youth live in their own mm-hmm. bubble mm-hmm. and everything comes to them and they're brought into this world as the golden bubble (laughs) of their lives like it doesn't work that way it really doesn't um and you're gonna miss out there's a lot of uh you you gotta you gotta trip you gotta fall you gotta get yourself back up on your feet um Mm -hmm. otherwise you're not gonna have a really distinct and fruitful journey you know Mm -hmm.
0: it's gonna be very flat it's been said, and I I agree with this, you know, the, those who uh, maybe find success later, you know, who had to earn it um, are incredibly insightful people. You know, they've, they've failed. And uh, someone talked about once um, failing up, right. Mm -hmm. They, they, they don't achieve what they want to achieve, but they learned a lesson from that and maybe a more insightful lesson than just winning or achieving whatever it was, you know, that they've, They've learned a very valuable lesson that wouldn't have been there had they easily achieved whatever it was. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, uh, this is probably a loaded question, but what do you've got going on right now? What's what's (laughs) going on with
1: you? Oh, nothing, Joe. (laughs)
0: Um,
1: let's see. Um, right now I'm working on a tribal headquarters for the Comanche Nation in. kind of sprucing up and doing some renovation for them as well as three of their hotel casino properties. I'm doing a ground up new build for a client, a residential clients, about 8,000 square foot home here in Tulsa. Uh, I'm launching a hospitality collection uh, of, the, of my furniture brand next April uh, so I'm kind of uh, tweaking those designs and incorporating them, and seeing, you know, what the story is I want to tell. It's going to be launching at IGA, uh, which is the Indian Gaming Association, which will be in Anaheim, I believe, next year in April. So I'm launching that uh, with a partner, and then I'm also launching a private label uh, residential collection for a large global manufacturer what else do I got going on Um, the two podcasts we're continuing to record guests for both shows uh, for the next month and a half and then we'll be going to season two which I'm glad we've held up (laughs) Uh, Mm -hmm. and gotten uh, some good responses and and good following of listeners and then um, I have some other things I, I volunteer my time what time I have? Uh, we have a huge event coming up at the end of October uh, that incorporates Maria Tallchief and her sister Marjorie Tallchief. So that would be here in Tulsa with the Osage Nation, the U.S. Mint, and the Smithsonian Women's Museum. So I'm kind of leading that charge. Uh, I think I think that's it. <laughs> a little, a few things. Your calendar sounds. It's, it sounds really cool. <laughs> I'm looking at Jesse, the producer, because he's with me this morning. I'm like, like he would know my life and my calendar, but he kind of does. Um, yeah, just putting myself out there and just, you know, see what else I want to get involved in and, and um, try my hand out. Uh, oh, yeah, I do have a few other things. Uh, now I think about it, uh, I want to write a screenplay um uh about the indigenous two-spirit community um and uh yeah there's some other things in, uh, on the plate that I might hear about regarding television opportunities so we'll see knock on wood
0: <laughs> oh no, that's fantastic that's that's exciting that's really exciting yeah why not you got one life you might as well live it to the fullest yeah yeah so where can the listener uh, find your work and, and be able to connect with you?
1: Well, uh, for the Furniture Collection and our design services, it's amatoya.com. And that's A-M-A-T-O-Y-A.com. Um, Beyond the Art, which is the Native American Art World podcast, which you are on, which will be airing shortly. Uh, that's beyondtheart.net. Or you can find us on the multiple platforms of audio and youtube um, and then beyond the design is beyond the design co and uh you can find us there at the multiple audio platforms um as well as on youtube as well that's where we're at that's where we live or you could always you know email me <laughs>
0: <laughs> you can... well, we'll uh oh we'll 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 put links in the show notes. Uh, oh, okay, <laughs> so I guess we'll be able to check those out. Uh, that's, that's great. Uh, well, Craig, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. This was really great.
1: Oh, it's been it's been a huge pleasure and so much fun. Thank you for having me again. It's uh, it's nice to be on the other side.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right, right. It's it's a different experience. For yeah,
1: sure. it is. It truly really is. But it's, it's been fun. It's nice to have that. Uh, that connection, you know, with people and, and sharing information sharing stories and sharing uh, sharing what we do to others. So I
0: appreciate the opportunity to be on your show. And that does it for this episode of Five Plain Questions. I want to thank Craig again for his time and sharing his story with us. The two podcasts uh, called Beyond the Design and Beyond the Art uh, are anywhere you find your podcasts. Um, wherever you pick those up. I'm telling you, it is a great quality podcast uh, both of them are uh, but uh, as you've picked up I was a guest on Beyond the art a couple weeks ago their guest list is pretty incredible and I really adjo- I really enjoy and appreciate what he brings to the conversations like we said during the the, uh, the interview you know podcasts aren't competition with each other they are in compliment to each other conversations that I have here are great for this part of the table but for where he is at and what he is doing that is fantastic work and so I fully support and encourage you to to listen to and subscribe to that podcast because he is doing an amazing job over there and I was also a guest so uh, you can hear my story uh, on his podcast so that was a great honor to be on that podcast but um Cray has a dedicated listener and fan uh, here and I just I hope you're able to to join uh, me over there and enjoy the podcast as it comes out as well so uh, with that said uh, Cray thank you again for for everything you've done and are doing and I look forward to your next episode. I also want to thank you for joining us and spending your time listening to what I feel is a very important story and perspective from our community. So please, join us next week as we speak with another incredible person. I'm Joe Williams. You can find me on the Facebook page, Instagram page, or the Five Plane Questions podcast um, page at our um, museum website at planesarts.org. There you can see our programming, past videos, and these podcasts. Well, that does it for this week. Thank you and you take care and we will see you next time. has been.